Welcome to Three Minutes on Markets and Money. I'm your host, Lance Roberts. Let's pick up where we left off last week. Actually, let's recap here a bit over the last month. About a month ago, we started talking about our money flow sell signal, which suggested, and as we said at the time, that markets upside is likely limited. Now, when you have a sell signal with positive money flows, which we have had here over the last month, that generally suggests that markets consolidate in a sideways pattern rather than having a much larger correction as we've seen in earlier periods, like in March of 2020, August to September of last year. This consolidation continues. And even though we thought we were gonna break out last week, that breakout failed and actually wound up breaking out of the upside of the consolidation and to the downside. And we finished the week right back up into this consolidation range. Really haven't gone anywhere now in over a month. And again, this sell signal now getting fairly oversold here. We should get to see some follow through. Now, importantly, the S&P did hold the 50-day moving average on Friday. That's actually kind of a bullish signal here for the markets. Keeps this consolidation on, on track. The NASDAQ, however, a little bit of a different picture. As we talked about last week, the NASDAQ is actually much closer now to triggering a money flow buy signal. In fact, a little bit of follow through this week, that will likely occur. One thing here though, the difference, the S&P bouncing off the 50-day moving average, very bullish. The NASDAQ actually now struggling with resistance at the 50-day moving average. And the question is, is can the, the NASDAQ get back above that 50-day moving average, resume its kind of bullish trajectory? That will occur if we can trigger this money flow buy signal. The MACD sell signal also very extended now to the downside. So the NASDAQ much more oversold to the downside and a much better position to rally here on a rotation between the S&P and the NASDAQ stocks. And again, kind of issues about economic growth, which companies can grow earnings in a more deflationary type environment. That may become the issue here as concerns over a peak in economic growth, weakness in consumer confidence, which showed up on Friday, begins to kind of filter back into markets. One of the things we're watching most closely right now is what's going on with bonds. The correlation between bonds and stocks is now the highest level it's been since the peak of the market in 2000. And that was just, of course, before they became highly uncorrelated during the dot-com bust. Now, I'm not saying that's the case here, but despite the fact that we're seeing surging rates of inflation, which has got everybody kind of freaked out right now that we're about to have a reflation of the 70s, the reality is, is bonds are saying that is not the case. And in fact, what bonds are predicting right now is that economic growth is likely peaking here sooner rather than later. And by next year, we're going to be trading back below 2% on economic growth. Inflationary pressures will subside. So one thing that the bonds are telling us at this moment anyway, is that, of course, the reality of all the things that are going on now are about to fade out of the system. And we're about to see slower rates of growth, earnings disappointments, and that will bring up this non-correlation between stocks and bonds. In other words, stocks will correct, money will move, flow back into bonds, creating a non-correlated effect between those two. So again, watching that stock bond ratio, very important here because those peaks only occur near more important inflection points of market. So pay attention to what's going on with bonds. They're telling you a lot more about what's happening economically than stocks actually are. I'm your host, Lance Roberts, for three minutes on markets and money. See you tomorrow.